come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I am your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Debbie. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Adrian. There was a podcaster, and in certain angles he was not repellent, which is why he's not on TV. <laughs> oh, Mac. <laughs> by the lovely little song that we just had. We watched the 2007 Tim Burton film, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Do we want to go around first and say, did you like it? Did sure. You like My Debbie? Yeah, I like it. All right. I am utterly apathetic to this movie. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. I don't give a shit about it. Okay. But I don't, I don't dislike it. I should emphasize. I don't dislike it. I just... Okay. Don't care. Everything great about this movie is Sondheim, and Sondheim didn't really have much to do with the production of the movie. That's fair. That's like, yeah. The music is great. I spent most of the weekend listening to the original Broadway cast recording and, and having a very... much better time than I did with the movie. I love musicals just slightly less than I love horror movies. I'm with Donna and Mac on this. I remember being so excited for this when it came out in the theater. And, and then I didn't watch it again. And I did not remember why until watching it this time. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's fair. I like this movie. I've always liked this movie. But I think a lot of mine leans into what Max said with it's Sondheim. And most Sondheim shows I'm down with. But I still have a good time with this because I like the music. And right. there, so, there's stuff to enjoy. Yeah. Yes. But it's not what's being brought to the table in the context of the movie. All right. I feel you on that one. Well, for those of you who don't know what Sweeney Todd is about... It's about Tim Burton's reimagining of fried green tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the movie better now. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> Thank you. Huh? Well, IMDb is going to disagree with you. They say this is about the infamous story of Benjamin Barker, a.k.a. Sweeney Todd, who sets up a barbershop in London, which is the basis for a sinister partnership with his fellow tenant, Mrs. Lovett. Oh, Mrs. Lovett. I like that they just gloss over. They want that to be a surprise. Like, If you're watching Sweeney Todd and don't know what it's about, right, yeah. I don't know what the fuck to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you guys about whenever I saw this in the theater? Of course. I lived in New York City at the time. We had just started playing D&D with this guy named Eric. Hi, Eric. You're wonderful. I'd seen the trailers for this, and I was like, oh, I want to go see this. And I don't know how or why we convinced Eric that he needed to go see this movie with us, but we did, and I noticed pretty quickly in the movie that he had gone very still and very white, 
And it was only after the movie was over that he told me he has a pretty severe blood phobia oh. and hates musicals. Oh, cool. <laughs> and he did not know what this movie was. Oh, God. And I was and like... I don't know what the fuck to do with him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So this is just one story in the long string of don't trust me when I say let's go see a movie. It's going to be fine. Does he still have the blood phobia even though like the blood was not... Not realistic at all. At all. The slightest. Um, like, I have a blood phobia if it's realistic. Hence, well, we're all getting to that. He was not okay. He made it through the whole movie, mm-hmm. but he was not. Like when that when the credits rolled, he got up and he walked out. We're done. Oh. I just don't know how blood phobias work. Like it looks. So say if you're you know Vulcan and you and it's green blood coming out, would he still have an aversion to that? I wonder. That's a hell of a what if there. I will. I was believe- he Vulcan? Let's. But let's drill down on this. <laughs> no, he was definitely he, he definitely was into the emotions. Gotcha. I will say that the credits, which were very bloody, and I understand why they would have bothered your friend. Stick with me. Now. I am with. I think I'm going to agree with you. That's why I'm. They were just too CGI yes. for me. I felt like they needed to either go full Thoroughly, cartoon, yeah, or. Be more realistic. I think in 2007 this was really good. I think it was too because but I don't, it still didn't work. It doesn't work now at all. But in 2000, but remember, yeah. at some point in history, we were all gushing about how absolutely realistic Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within looked. Who, who, who are these people who are doing that? Everybody, Maxim. There were spreads. Okay, I, I was like, I, I was not doing that. <laughs> but, Mike was the lone voice yeah. <laughs> of of the Final Fantasy. But you're right. Yeah, there was Maxim spreads of her. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the opening, the credits, I, I do agree. I think at 2007, they were good. Now, yeah. They've aged poorly. I, I would say I don't know if they were that good in 2007. I don't remember thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Really, I'll yeah. agree with that. Yeah. When I first and saw it, it didn't stick in my head. But when I saw it this time, I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, same. It definitely, it definitely stuck out to me now. But I don't remember having any thought about it at all then. So I don't think it stuck out to me much then. I'll Maybe. grant that. Maybe. So I did like that some of the raindrops were blood. Yes. Yeah. I actually really kind of liked the foreshadowing to the to the very end with the blood running down into the sewer. Mm-hmm. I actually remembered the credits when we were like, "Where's Toby?" Well, they foreshadow that a lot now that you're mentioning it because they even like she even talks about the rats and how this leads to the sewer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, beloved, why the fuck did you think he wasn't in the sewer? Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump right into my observation, which happens pretty early, which is that one, you just don't want to be a woman in London in this time, and two, you don't have any value unless you're a beautiful woman. Yeah. So. Well, a very particular kind of beautiful, because I'm gonna say, she was still pretty, like, Lucy was still pretty if you get past... They put a lot of effort into making her ugly, Mm -hmm. and they didn't really get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of Tim Burton's aesthetic, is that nothing is ever really ugly. Mm Mm-hmm. He goes for, like, the beautiful grotesque. Yeah. Which, this seems like a good moment to be like, Tim Burton's kind of a dick. <laughs> Just gonna throw this out there. He, in 2016, said that he would not cast black people in his movies because they yeah. did not fit his aesthetic. Ew. Oh, gross. And so far oh, as I gosh. could find, he never went back on that. So... Let's just throw that out there and let that be a thing. No, here's the thing. I, I do not, in no way want to suggest that I think that's okay. I, I just, but why would you say that out loud? 
That's a very because because he has an excuse, Donna. He's goth, and there's no black goths in the world. We all know that. Just, I don't mean that. Just for the record, <laughs> well, like, I'm not advocating. Adrian's so often sarcastic that one might confuse that for sincerity. <laughs> I just why 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 would you say that out loud? I'm, I'm my mind is blown. <laughs> Yeah, but no, he said it in 2016, and like I said, I've not been able to find any evidence that he ever recanted on that. Which year did you say? 2016. Yeah, September of 2016 is when the newspapers sort of hit the... He hasn't made that much since then. Well, and it... I mean, Dumbo came out in March, and nothing... Dumbo, was... which had a lot of race problems around the original, right. so... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And talked to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, the, I mean, just nothing was said even when that was being promoted. He, it seems like he's done something else too, but I don't remember what. Well, I mean, he's kind of been a shit Dumbo, anyway. Like, right before that was that Miss Peregrine School for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I remember that, that was post sixteen or pre sixteen, or it might have been in the press for that movie that he said that. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of been a shit anyway because for the longest time. Oh, I can't think of her name. Was his muse? Helen uh, Bonham No, the one before. Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. Yeah. And then he got tired of her. Then Helen Bonham Carter became his muse, and you know she was in everything. Well, now she's kind of been pushed away, and he's Eva Green. Apparently, is his new. Is it Eva Green? I thought it was Alice. No, he made the Alice movies. He made one of them. You know, somebody just, else directed yeah. the second one. But um, uh, your mean, your yeah, your point. I'm is sure well if made. we went and checked, we would find that all the people who were so offended by Jordan Peele saying he wasn't outcast white people Correct. were probably equally offended. Oh, by, absolutely. By, yeah. yeah, yeah. By that, absolutely. Of course. Again, hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's weird to unpack it because with when Jordan Peele says it, it's not an aesthetic thing that he's saying, he is saying. He's trying to tell stories from a certain perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas Tim Burton's saying, "I don't like the way that looks." Yeah, like there's a distinct yeah difference between um, those two things beyond just representation in just the kind of stories you're wanting to tell. But Tim Burton really hasn't told a good story since Ed Wood. I mean, yeah, yeah, when was his? I'd say undeniably. It. When was his last undeniably good movie? Did Ed Wood come before or after Edward Scissorhands? After. After. Okay. Edward was ninety four. Yeah. And I'm struggling to find something else that was... Okay, I'm going to go to bat a little bit for The Corpse Bride. But he... Okay. I mean, but, that's his idea, though. It's not actually him. Oh, think, he didn't actually do it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he did on that one. It was oh, Nightmare that he didn't actually... Oh, see, I thought it was the same thing yeah. with Nightmare... He actually with Corpse. I think he actually did okay, do okay. Um, A Corpse Ride because yeah. Johnny Depp is definitely in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. And I think... There are some movies that people, like, occasionally, some people will like after Ed Wood. Like, I would go to bat for Sleepy Hollow. I kind of like Sleepy Hollow. You kind of like Corpse Bride. Some people kind of like Big Fish. Big oh, Fish. I forgot about Big Fish. Big Fish is a weird one for me, though. That hit it in a weird emotional place. Like... Okay, maybe Big Fish was okay. When I when I watched Big Fish, my dad, who was a pathological liar, had just died, and so watching ah. it, I was like, "Oh Oof. my god, I'm watching it like a beautiful movie about my dead father." Like Big Fish and Elizabeth Town have weird places in my heart because of the exact moment that they came out in my life. Mm-hmm. Been a while since he's made a good movie. It has like been. Funny. Is the yeah? You're yeah. you're he you're trying with big eyes. Yeah, I don't like it quite hit. It, no, huh? Yeah. It, it should have. Like, I don't even sh- know what that is. What is that? It's about the... Uh, is it about that painter? Yeah. yeah, the painter. Oh, that painter's such a weird fucked up story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, and it should have... Enter Burton. 
Yeah, and it should have hit, but it was just something like the casting was great. Yeah, and the story was just weird and just. So I keep coming back to this thing, and I'm going to say it now. Can we replace Tim Burton with Todrick Hall? Don't know who that is. I don't either. Yes. Oh my goodness! You I mean, if you say, I might like all of them. He's the YouTube the guy who does all of the um, songs, like Disney. Oh, him. Yeah, he does a lot of like remakes of Disney songs. He's really into musicals. Okay. He's got this really cool like carnival gothy nerdy aesthetic okay like he's very cool he's so cool I will well, we will look up some Todrick Hall later my knowledge of YouTubers is less than encyclopedic so I will I have take to your word for it. somebody <laughs> <laughs> it kind of borders on where we're gonna go in our poll but thesis statement Johnny Depp's not good in this movie no Johnny Depp is not good in this movie like I feel like he came into this movie and was just like I am a waifish right. strange boy who is quirky and I will kill this role without doing anything. <laughs> it's worse than that it's Tim, oh hey Tim so they have the league ready? Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> but like he seems to be fully going on like I'm cute and I look tortured. And he's not a singer. That's the first mm. failing. But he does okay. He does okay. His singing okay. is but he's failing than, in comparison to everybody else. It's yes. better than Rickman's though. Rickman's is rough. I think Rickman's better. Oh, I don't. I'll, Rickman's I'll, has texture. Yeah. When he tries to hit those Sondheim-esque notes, I'm like... He, he is, back up, back up, back he up. Is subdued <laughs> in the context of the movie, and I think it's calibrated much better than Depp. Depp is mumbling his way through a lot of those lines, and it's just like, you can't do mumblecore musicals. <laughs> it's like a, to me, it was more like it, it's a internalization of his thoughts but because of but that doesn't work for this I don't think I mean I get I guess I get the idea behind it but it just doesn't work for me also when it's just you know libretto material he's doing frustrated Jack Sparrow that's it that's the only note that he has like (laughs) (laughs) but this was 2007 he's not getting off that horse I understand I understand (laughs) The thought from the studio, like, make him like, like, Dunn Whistle showed up. And like, why isn't he acting like Sparrow? <laughs> I like the pirate movies. Make a scary pirate movie. There's songs in it. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Sing. Just be like the pirate. Yeah. Scary pirate. <laughs> <laughs> scary pirate music movie. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I agree with. And that's and what that's, I'm going to get, Burton. <laughs> and that's when we lost Kenzie. Yeah. If Double Whistle shows up, I'm pretty much gone. <laughs> Just so we're clear. He, yeah, it's it's a really one note performance, and then when you like literally, yeah, almost literally, he, like he does okay, and he does okay by sustaining that yeah. one note. He's one note and. He's bad. He's just bad in the movie. The problem with translating a big stage musical to a movie is that it becomes smaller, and stage musicals are big yeah. and broad, and you listen to the original Broadway cast recording, and you're like, oh, this is what it should be. I think you're right for the most part. There have not been very many successful translations. I think Chicago did well. Mm-hmm. But it embraced the, the broad, bold quality yeah, of it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It was like, we're going to cast, you know, fucking Renee Zellweger and yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, these these people who are going to absolutely just bring it. And swing for the fences. For yeah, it. exactly. And I feel very much like Johnny Depp was just like, 
on he here, was, on the star. He was yeah. very subdued. Yeah, he was very yeah. subdued in a role. Like, when you have a line that is, at last, my arm is complete, you are going for some melodrama. Oh, yeah, you need to. This is not the time to be subdued. <laughs> Sweetie Todd is, if nothing else, very melodrama. Subdued. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. And, and like... I think my favorite part with him in it is when Lovett is singing the By the Sea song. That scene is great. Yeah. Because she's just like, I'm all in, I'm excited, yeah. and he is somewhere fucking else. And I think Burton woke up for that scene, too. Yeah. That is a very Burton aesthetic, granted, that has a not dark side to it, I guess. It's like, it's Sunny God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's aisle three at Hot Topic. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I love about the scene is like everybody's blocking and acting in that is out, like, I feel like that's maybe the first thing they filmed or something. Or, or it's like the only thing that really interested Burton in the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, I like um, that song. That's, yeah. you know. Well, there, there's a lot going on in that song because you've got her who's like, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. And Sweeney who's like, whatever. I just want to kill people. And then you've got Toby who throughout the entire song is running to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many cool interactions happening there and I just really feel like they needed that going through the rest of the movie. I agree. Yeah, It's weird. It's kind of like the third act bridge in the movie. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like three-fourths of the way in. <laughs> the sad part about it is you could cut that song from the movie and lose mm. nothing right. except the only good part of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if, though, some of the problem is because Sondheim's other big musical, Into the Woods, did not translate well at all to the big screen. And oh, you know, I actually really like that one. I've seen it done live a couple times, and there's just there's something missing with it. Like, the cast is great. I love the cast. The cast is really good. The cast is fantastic, but there's just something missing in the setting. You know, I'm going to say what I think is missing at the library... We put this movie in the kids section. It is labeled and marked as a juvenile film. And that has always really bothered me. Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd? Into the Woods. Okay, I was about to say. No, Into the Woods. Pause. And I think, yeah. I think and, and it's not like, we don't make up these categories. Yeah, these yeah, categories yeah. come from yeah. the powers that be. And so I think that what's fucked up about Into the Woods is that somebody didn't really know... Did what they, it was they were supposed to be did doing. Did they not listen to Hello, Little Girl? I know! I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my dudes, this is about fairy tales and not the Disney versions. I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing that one out there. I'm, <laughs> leave it, I'm not even going to touch, and I know things now. I'm just saying, Hello, Little Girl. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, this movie. This movie. I want to defend Rickman, though, because even though his, his singing may not have been the best, he... To all it wasn't the worst. Keep going. Definitely not the worst. Yeah. By all reports, Alan Rickman was the best man. Just just a fantastic, wonderful, good, kind man. And his ability to play these creepy characters, he reached a point in this movie where just him being on the screen made me kind of, He is so good at that. He is so good. <laughs> when he started going and like fondling the books as he was talking about pictures of women oh. and the things women. that you would do to them. Yeah, no, he was he was he was cringy and creepy as fuck in this, like skin crawling, like oh, stop. (laughs) 
<laughs> he also doesn't sing all that much in the movie. I think no. that's partially why I'm forgiving him a little bit more. Oh, and that's, that's fair. And we've gotten a large chunk of the movie of Depp singing before Rickman starts singing. And I hear Rickman singing. I'm like, oh, that's much better. <laughs> you know, I know one of the other things is that Rickman acts through his singing. Yes. yes. Like, Rickman's not like, and now I stop to do a musical number. Right. He's like, my character continues in this song. And I, I will give a lot of slack to somebody who is who is going all in on what they're doing. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. But it also helps that he's Shakespearean royal theater trained. That, yes. You know that this is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can tell that he knows... Alan Rickman's a better actor than Johnny Depp. Fight me, internet. <laughs> no one's gonna Even dead? so, yeah. Even dead. <laughs> Especially dead. <laughs> Rickman Which one's promoting more from his brain, by the way? <laughs> I don't think Depp's been conscious in a movie and... Ed wait, Wood. I'm going to figure... Yeah, probably Ed Wood. <laughs> I'm going to say Ed Wood. Yeah. I think he was there for the first Pirates movie. Yes, I'll okay. agree with that. All right. Yeah, that's fair. He was definitely there for the first Pirates movie and a good portion of the second one. Yeah. Arguable, but I, I think first is unquestionably the last which, time we've seen Which was Why Is the Rum Gone? That's the first one. That's the first one. Okay, definitely he was there for that. Yeah. No, I also think Dip also leans really heavy on Carter, especially their songs together. Like, she yeah. carries you through those scenes. She's like, can I just, I love her. She's so she good. was on The View one time and she said shit, and all of the women on The View, like, stopped and looked at her, and she goes, oh, what? I can't say that. We don't say that here. <laughs> and it was just so great. And the, the View women were like, you look and sound so prim and proper. And then she's just like, okay. <laughs> she's, she's good. The thing, I think, again, going back to the the Broadway cast, it was Angela Lansbury in the role. Mm-hmm. Helena huh. Bonham Carter has a aesthetic. It's sort of tied to Burton, sort of tied to some of her other roles where love, it's not really a stretch for her. I think it's right casting. She She's right in her wheelhouse. But somebody like... Angela Lansbury has like a wholesome quality where that yeah. turn is much more interesting. So if you had somebody, Kristen Chenoweth, I'm just throwing it out. Not not an automatic I would, I thinking. Would, I would take my money. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Okay, but the problem is, is that she couldn't sound Southern. <laughs> Kristen would have to sound like she's not from Oklahoma. She could do it. She could do it. <laughs> I have yet to see that happen. They haven't cast her in anything yeah. like that, but I think she could. She's leaning into what she knows, but I think she could do it. She so, could sing. That is undeniable. (laughs) I would let her sound like she was from Oklahoma in order to sing that part. I was... Can we talk about our our dream casting of this movie now? That's the poll. That's our poll question. Oh, it is. Damn it. Okay, never mind. I'll hold. (laughs) One more weird casting thing. Anthony Stewart Head. Yeah, so I like first I was like, did I forget he was in this? Same. But then he's did not. Did I forget he was in this? I'm like, you have Anthony Stewart Head. Wait, yeah. which one? Why is, is he fucking singing? He literally walks by and wants to make an appointment with yeah. Depp. Giles like, from he's Buffy Giles Vampires. from Buffy. Yeah, and he yeah, has one that. line. And he has one line. Oh. Doesn't sing. The man has a beautiful oh. singing voice. Oh. He's Nathan from Repo, the genetic opera. He and Christopher Lee. We're supposed to do like narrative overtures in this movie, and it all got cut except for his one line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what I read from IMDb. I'm <laughs> so morning. angry about that. I was, well, it, it was clear, like, oh, he was in this movie a lot more in some version, and somebody, some idiot, cut him out. Somebody named named Tim. Yeah, somebody named Tim. Oh, it was just. But 
him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you pay him the full so Anthony falls in love with Joanna after seeing her through a fucking window. There has been no conversation. There he has did been... listen to her sing. Yeah. Arguably, it's always hard to tell in a musical. Is this something that people hurt? Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, he watched her through a window for five minutes, and now he's going to risk his life for her. And I'm just... Yeah. It frustrates me so bad. Mm. I find Anthony to be a really strange character in this movie because everybody even Toby is so like jaded like this mm-hmm. is this is the darkest timeline yeah. <laughs> this is a bleak bleak world and Anthony's here he's a sailor but he's like the world is lovely and full of roses and I feel like it, <laughs> like I feel like Spoilers for Bioshock. It's like he's one of the little sisters. You have that moment in Bioshock where you switch into the little sister's view and you see the world in like this amazing saturated color. And when people are bleeding, it's rose petals falling to the ground. And like all of the crazy people that you're fighting are fine. Everything's fine. Everything is better than fine. It's beautiful. And I feel like Anthony is living the world that way. I feel like, you know, the, the very first song they sing is, is he talks about, you know, Anthony talks about there's no place like London. Mm-hmm. And then immediately Sweeney Todd comes in and... It's fuck like, London. Fuck <laughs> London. There's no place like London. It's a hole full of shit. Literally, he and, says it's a hole full of shit. And everyone but Anthony is in... Sweetie Todd's London. Yeah, Anthony is in his London, and I think that I think that Anthony feels in, like super out of place because of the aesthetic of this movie. Because at no point is Anthony's vision of the world backed up. Mm-hmm. Not even in Mrs. Lovett's no. like fantasy scene where they're on the sea. Like we never get a beautiful bright day. Mm-hmm. We never get color. Anthony is fucking delusional. <laughs> and he probably needs an adult. <laughs> he actually escaped the penal colony himself. And it was like, oh, I found you, sweetie. No, no, no. He escaped and just commandeered a boat. So, you know, by the end, he left the doctor to be torn to pieces by a room full of, air quote, insane women. Yeah. That was... <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was Anthony being like, huh, maybe the world does suck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's the best character in this. But also, I wish that he had a little bit of backup. Maybe he. I, he's also very possessive. I'll steal. Okay, my you know what? I have a really. I'm like. You have this beautiful line of "I feel you, Joanna," and this yeah. implication that there is something literally magical happening between them. But then he's like, "I'll steal you, Joanna," and I'm like, "Anthony, stop saying that, please." You had "I feel you." That's a good line. Let's have that as our repeating. <laughs> that, that's our chorus now. Okay. To say like all the men. In this story, and this goes back, this is in the play too, so this is not necessarily on Burton, are in the pursuit of possessing the women. Except Toby. I take it back. Toby's the best character. Toby? (laughs) Toby says, I'll protect you, and all he does is tell her. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's like, I have given you this information, and I want you to do something about it, but... Yeah, it's less explicit, but... I don't know if Toby's He's not exactly going to grow up okay in this in the, world. Yeah, no. No. Oh, no, he's fine. But at the moment, he's fine. Yeah. At 10, he's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. He's getting he's fed and he's getting gins. He's, yeah. he's fine. I don't um, understand how Toby picked up on the Sweeney Todd shit, but not the Mrs. Lovett. 
Well, I want to get into that in a second. But okay. first, I want to back up to something else that you said. Well, Joanna and the mm-hmm. sailor. Like, I feel like it's something to do about with Anthony, Anthony and Joanna, but I don't remember. To me, Anthony and Joanna kind of are the MacGuffins of this. Like, they're, you know, like, do this, help. You could easily read it that Joanna sees that Anthony has a crush on her, but she lives in the dark world and he doesn't. And so she's just like, I can use this. Fuck Anthony, honestly. It doesn't matter how things turn out for him. Take this key, pretty boy. Rescue your princess. Seriously. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Rescue. Just click, click. Yeah. Like, I like, I don't feel like... Because like, even in the discussion they have later, she doesn't like she doesn't seem like she wants to be with Anthony. No. Like, he's a means to an end. He, yeah. Like... And I'm not, like I'm not faulting her for this. Oh no! She, like she is in the darkest timeline. Absolutely, not mad at her by any means. Like there's no way. Like that floor creaked when Judge Turpin walked down it to remove that picture. She knows he's been watching her. Mm-hmm. Like her life has been fucking awful, mm-hmm. and she's clearly not happy to see him when he comes in the room. Yeah. No. I think she just like walked off and like. When Anthony came back, nobody was there. Everybody was dead in the basement. Yeah. I did wonder. I'm like, you yeah. couldn't, like, give us a little something here? Yeah. We couldn't have Joanna and, and Anthony skipping off into the gloom? Into, right. like, this, this is a good time to have so a beautiful color. Black, <laughs> black and white striped sunset that <laughs> contractually had to deliver. Let him skip in the puddle of blood that runs down the streets of London. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, just that Toby picked up on yeah. Sweeney Todd, but not Mrs. Lovett's. I think because Sweeney was cold to him. Also, Sweeney Todd was gonna kill him, mm-hmm. like For on sure. day one. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. He was going to kill anybody. It's yeah. true, but like Todd was like send the kid up, and Mrs. Lovett was like, uh, you know, I- I've been thinking of hiring. Like she's covering for him because mm-hmm. she knows. So I think that probably what Toby was picking up on was that Sweeney Todd is scary and unhinged and has openly treated Mrs. Lovett in an abusive manner. He has shoved her against walls. He held a razor blade to her throat. Mm -hmm. Um, He threatened to choke her. This also brings me to one of my big questions with this movie. Who the fuck is Mrs. Lovett? Well, and she says she she's always had a fondness for him. But and he doesn't but, know who she is. Yeah, and we don't know who she is. Yeah. Like, so like, I looked it up. Oh, okay. In the book, the Sweetie Todd actually originated in a uh, serialized story called String of Pearls. It was also said to be a true story, but that's probably an urban legend. But in several different like writings of this, Mrs. Lovett was his landlord. Even whenever it was him and Lucy. Okay. Like, she was always around. She was his landlord. She had known him for a long time, and she'd been in love with him back then. And I feel like that's what they were going for in this movie. Mm -hmm. But this sort of kind of brings me to the, does nobody remember what anybody looks like at any given time? Because, like, if you have a big crush on somebody and they come back after 15 years, are you really going to be like, I knew it. You are Benjamin Barker. <laughs> like, like you have to give him a test. It's like, I get that life has been hard and his hair's messy and he's got this white streak, but like, it's been 15 years. Not- I think you have greater confidence in people's facial recognition ability than... Yeah, yeah. mine's horrible, no. but... <laughs> My comparison is like high school. I am not 
friends on Facebook with very many people from high school, but often I will see things that get tagged and be like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. People that I have not seen or interacted with in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, and I just feel like from high school to mid thirties is a bigger jump than from adulthood to 15 years later adulthood. Mm -hmm. I ran into somebody I had a lot of classes with in high school and I did not recognize him. Did you have a crush on him? No. Still, even after he was like, yeah, we had this class and that class and that other class together, I was like, I remember your name. I do remember your name. Did you uh, falsely accuse him of a crime and abscond with his spouse and child? Yes. Yes, I did do that. (laughs) So Turpin's legit. Turpin's legit. (laughs) Sorry, Paul. (laughs) My my bad. No, I always looked at Mrs. Lovett as an obsessed stalker, like someone living within a radius of you that you have you're not even thinking about that's just like oh i do think she knew who he was almost as soon as he came in oh yeah yeah i think she was just trying to remind him of who he was i think uh, the the point i think is better because i think love is not being upfront about any number of things obviously whereas turpin and beetle they legitimately don't recognize him. And I think that's where the point is a little bit stronger. Yeah, I could see them legitimately. Like, like I think that is an interesting story point to be like, yeah. you, Matt, like what we did to you matters so little that we don't even know. Like we, we, we can't recognize. You could tell us that your name is Benjamin Barker and we would not even. Well, Barker is just another link in the chain because I'm sure Barker and Lucy, that wasn't the first situation that they did that to. So that's, sure. you know. And the thought that Barker would return. Is, is insane. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. No, that guy... Don't have to worry about Barker no more. Yeah. But I still feel like that point could have been made stronger if Lovett had not been coy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a deliberate coyness. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's my read on it. Yeah. I, I get... I, I feel like this goes into the what is it that you want to say as a writer and mm-hmm. are you saying it? I think that it was... Del- I think both of these things were deliberate. Mm-hmm. I think that having both of them deludes the other. But I think in the fullness of... Dilutes. Of the play, the context of a lot of these characters makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, there's such heavy cutting and trimming just to get it down to a movie length that it's very abrupt in a lot of ways. I think this goes back to my thing about Chicago. Like, Chicago is one of the most successful adaptations of a musical I've ever seen. And I think it's because Chicago knows what's important to pull out so that it doesn't feel like a cribs note version of mm. the play. How long is Chicago in the movie? It's under two hours. It's under two hours. It's a so tight... That's, a, that's it's impressive. A, it's a tight... You go back to the 50s and 60s, like West Side Story, Sound of Music, um, My Fair Lady. The movies are three plus hours long, so mm-hmm. they're fitting in a vast majority of what the actual play is mm-hmm. and not really cutting. So that, yeah. that also helps. I have an opinion question for you all. Mm-hmm. Were Lovett and Todd sleeping together? Yes. Oh, I don't think so. I think that's what... I don't think Todd slept she, during the course of the movie. Yeah. She said, she said legitimize my rumpled sheets. Yes. Oh. oh. When they were getting married. When they when they when when she was singing the By the Sea Shore. She also said something along the lines of that, that made it sound like they hadn't. However, the way that she treats him and the way that he treats her, it feels like a loveless sex relationship. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is an intimacy to the way they interact with each other, mm-hmm. touching each other. This time, I got the impression that they were sleeping together. 
I'm going to stick to my answer. I don't think Todd slept throughout the course of the movie. Well, Mac, we don't mean sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Not sleep in the the literal sense. So, this is a random kind of weird question here. But, my Debbie, I know you were very pun appreciative. Yes. So, how much do you... Appreciative. Yeah. How much do you love A Little Priest and how pun heavy it is? Which song is it? That is the song they sing about the different types of people they're going to make in pies and how it's going to taste. Oh, yes. It was real late when I watched this last night. <laughs> I would have to revisit that. I think but, it, I mean, because you know me clearly. Uh-huh. I, yeah. It is I'm what, down with puns. You are totally down with puns. And it's one of those now, because I know this about you, every time I hear that song, I'm like, I hope my Debbie just loves this song because <laughs> it is, I feel like it's written for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we already talk about how bad the fake blood was? We yes. did, didn't we? It was really bad. It was what color prints. would you say it was? Pink. Suspiria red. Creamy. Creamy Suspiria pink. Suspiria red. Neon red. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly, every time I see that, that's what I think of as... Neon red color corrected down. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kept looking at that. I was like, why would you not just go dark red? Like this Or just this... film red fluid that actually exists. Yeah. Yeah, because it also doesn't behave like water. It splashes in weird, deliberate ways. and Yeah. It's... It, everybody was actually inhabited by a strange parasitic liquid alien. I mean, red food coloring and corn syrup is a time-honored fake blood. Just do it. Also feels like Burton would have liked to have filmed this in black and white. Probably. Yeah. And, and that might have worked in black and white. Yeah. No. That... What they were using would not work, but like chocolate syrup would work. Chocolate syrup would work, but I don't think this movie would have worked in black and white. Mm. Well, Dustin Gray is kind of the color palette of this movie. Yeah, that's true. It's almost black and white in a lot of cases. We get back to like I wanted to see Anthony's worldview justified at some point. If you wanted to get really cool, you could do all Sweeney stuff in black and white, except for the blood, which is bright red. Okay, now you're doing yeah. some, like, Sin City stuff here, and I'm like, I'm that, in for this. And, but then also Anthony's stuff is bright and... Like Alice in Wonderland like colors? Bright yeah. colors and a full palette. And the sun comes out for Anthony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's something that I found. Can I hire you to remake this movie, Matt? No, thank you. We're, 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 we're putting together a cast list. I think you're going to like it. I found a thing that said the blood on set for Sweeney Todd was colored orange so that it rendered correctly on the desaturated color film used. There it is. Yeah. But it didn't... It so didn't that it rendered correctly? <laughs> I think that somebody doesn't know the definition of the words rendered or correctly. correctly. Or it's Burton and he's made his money and he doesn't care. <laughs> Could be. I vote for that. I kinda, I'm kind of feeling that one. What else we got, guys? I want to go back to the the not so great singing and just say at least it wasn't Pierce Brosnan. If you've seen Mamma Mia, oh yeah, I have not seen Mamma Mia, but I can imagine that Pierce Brosnan is not a good singer. Oi, it is physically painful. It's not good. I'm going to compare this real quick to the Magicians because I think I've gone this whole episode without bringing up the Magicians. Um, They've had a few uh, musical interludes and musical episodes. And one of the things that I really appreciated about it was even the actors that were not great singers were like, fuck it, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And they've actually gotten really good. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> the, the last few numbers they did were just fantastic. Yeah, like, they, they were really, really good. And, like, I'm calling out Julia here because I'm just so proud of her. <laughs> her, her bit in Under Pressure 
actually worked. It does. Her voice being a little bit flat worked. It worked so well because of the the, the the thing that was going on. But then whenever you see her in the later episodes, and particularly in Take On Me, she has gotten really, really good. Mm-hmm. And she also, like I said, acts through it all. This has been our Magician's fan cast within a fan cast. That's the only place I have I can put my Magician's fan casts. <laughs> we, we like the Magician's. I've never watched the Magician's, but... I've heard good things. That is me. I've heard good things. I felt physically attacked by the song Take On Me the other day. Anyway, I don't really have a whole lot else, except, like, I found this movie to be mostly something I sat through. That's that's actually good. There was a couple of times where I checked to see how much time was left, but mm-hmm. not because I was miserable, just because I was like, I kind of bored. On. Yeah. Yeah, a little like, bit bored. Yeah, a little bit. I wanted to start listening to the... Broadway cast recording. I'm like, oh, okay. On play. Yeah. I did go back and listen to A Little Priest with Angela Lansbury. That is about oh as good as it gets. Yeah. I love that song. I, like that. That's my introduction to Sondheim is yeah. that song. And it just, it, it hits a lot of the... Uh, and Lansbury singing it is next level... It made Great. Beauty and the Beast weird for me. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Since that was my introduction to her, it made Beauty and the Beast a little weird for and, me. And, and, and really rewrites most of the murder she wrote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say my introduction was Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and then Murder She Wrote. So mine was The Last Unicorn. Oh, in which she was mommy for Tuna. So then when, like, everybody's talking about how she's wholesome, I'm like, she's a witch! She's evil! She catches harpies! <laughs> Don't trust her! She's not wholesome in this. No. no. But she sings, she maintains that essential Lansbury quality. Yeah. But everything else is still happening around. I looked up um, the Little Priest lyrics. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason I don't remember it very much was because, actually, I was I was loading laundry and stuff while it was playing. Oh, okay. Like, Debbie! I know. And I the know. movie doesn't dwell on a Little Priest all that long. No. Well, and then the same thing, like, there's a longer version of when Mrs. Lovett's Pie Shop opens. Mm-hmm. There's a longer version of that song. That God, that, God That's Good? Yeah, God That's Good. Yeah. In... Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl, yes. which I adore. Jersey Girl, they do the whole the thing. whole number, yeah. and it's like that was one thing. Like when we watched that, we had already seen Jersey Girl, and we get to that part, and Billy's like, "They cut it short." <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah. "Like they cut that short." I thought I remembered it being longer because in this one, doesn't she only tell Toby to get the old woman out two times? Two times. I thought I remembered it being three times, which is a weird specific thing to remember. But also, I was thinking about that because I'm like. Two does not establish a pattern. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. This is a poor decision to make. Telling her to get out twice, like there needed to be a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you bring in the twist that she knows who that is, her chasing her off so many times, it's kind of sinister and dark. Yep. Oh, it definitely is. Well, even whenever um, Sweeney confronts her about it, and she's like, "I never lied." I said she drank the poison. I never said she died. Mm-hmm. Like, like she is, she is very, very conniving. Yeah, she's, yeah. Well, that kind of goes to something we were talking about in the video. Do you guys think if Sweeney would have gotten the judge that first time, would we have had Mrs. Lovett's meat shop? Oh, shit. She probably sent him up there. She sent, yeah, like... she is the... Because, the the puppet master in this, yeah. Yeah, she because she had been really like 
protecting his space. Yeah, she. So there's been, no way that like, sh- and there's no reason for Anthony to have burst in the way that he did unless he had been told. Yeah, go up. There. It's fine. It's safe. Go up there and tell him everything. Yeah, it's fine. Go tell him because everything that sh- how she manipulates Todd, it's for her benefit. Yeah. It's because she feels the way Todd feels about... She feels the way about Todd that every male in this movie feels about every woman in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, it's like, she's kind of the mastermind on a lot of this. And it's interesting because they were putting this musical together, I read, and Lansbury was a big Broadway star and they wanted her to play Mrs. Lovett. And she was hesitant because Mrs. Lovett's the second banana in the story. She's not the title character. It's not called Lovett. Yeah. And so Sondheim beefed up her role to attract Lansbury into the original cast. That's uh-huh. why she's, I think, a little more has a little more agency, a little more impact on the plot. Yeah, I was gonna say plot power. Yeah, I don't know. She she really is a catalyst of a lot of of everything of everything. Because like all Sweeney Todd does is come back. Yeah, she is she is basically in control of everything else. Yeah, and she even when he comes back, she's singing about the woman that uh, put kitty cats in pies. Like yep, she's yeah. already thinking of what can I up the kitty cat pie? Yeah. <laughs> People. A little priest. Yeah, a little priest. A little priest. Side note: My uncle that introduces to me knew at a very young age, my, my horror fiendom. And he was like, oh, you're ready for this now. <laughs> this, you need to hear this song. What do you say we jump to our real Poland quote? Mac, you have a quote? I keep the blondes in here. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to come with a little more. I, I don't remember how the guy said it, so it's, yeah. It was definitely a little on the creepy side. I keep the blondes in here. Like, it was like, uh, I keep the blondes in here for your viewing pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I keep the blondes in here. There, there you go. go. Okay. I, I, I wanted to fight for, we'll serve anyone to anyone. That is a good one. That is, a, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of good, well, that one was a good one, too. All right, Adrian, you have our rule. Don't be face blind. Was that it? <laughs> facial recognition facial, is important. Yeah, yeah, facial recognition is important. I just feel like most of this movie wouldn't have happened if at any point, any time, somebody had been like, Oh, Ben? Ben! <laughs> Good to see you, buddy! Are you okay? Listen, your wife? I got some bad news, buddy. <laughs> the one person that did recognize him, though, and then basically did do that was like, is a meat pie now. <laughs> I'm going to extort you for it. It's yeah. true. I mean... But beyond even facial recognition, Turpin doesn't put together that the barbershop that he goes to with <laughs> the mysterious guy is also the same barbershop that belongs to the guy that he cashiered out of yeah. the country. Meg, do you know how many also, barbers <laughs> that he and Beatles sent out of the country? <laughs> yes, but how many did he make the, their children his ward? I mean, this is a me- memorable... Also, I do want to point out real quick... That Sasha Baron Cohen did not recognize Sweeney Todd's face. He even says as much. He says, I may not have right remembered you, but no one could forget these. And he's talking about Sweeney's razors. Which, not for nothing, maybe you, you should cast someone younger in the flashbacks. Yeah. 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 And not just put them in sun and, like, yeah. normal makeup. Right. <laughs> or, you know, even, like... Do the Pirates 18 thing where they... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the last, the most recent one where yeah. some young 
guy had his face replaced with CGI 21 Jump Street era. Tied up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And Mac, you have the beginnings of our poll. What's your dream cast for this movie? Because this ain't it for me. I was working on this bit where I was going to read the original Broadway cast, but I don't know most of those names. Neither do I. Victor Garber was Anthony. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. I knew he could sing. Like, he's amazing. Back then, he would have been that, you know. Have you heard him play John Wilkes Booth in Assassins? I have not, but I'm saying... You... I will. I'll, I'll, I'll make a point of it, yeah. yeah. But he would have been the age then, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think Victor Garber, you think of him, you know, singing yeah. with the Titanic and telling Jennifer Garner what to do and whatnot. But, yeah, no, I could see it. Oh, yeah, no. His uh, John Wilkes Booth from Assassins is... Cool. Oh, and it's also a Sondheim show. That's true. Oh. So I don't have an answer for this question, but I know some of you have some great answers. I have an answer for this question. Uh, I thought really long and hard about Love It, and I think I keep Helena Boncar. Yes. Um, she like I love I, I I like her a lot, and I think that she was like like you said she carried a lot of the scenes that she was in for Sweeney Todd. I would like to put forward Todrick Hall. I'm who's, gonna. Who's that? Oh my god! This is the guy that the YouTube guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna steal Kinsey's for Anthony and go Grant Gustin because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that's just that's so good. I will say I really do like Jamie Campbell Bauer, but I feel like he was edited poorly. In this. Also, I was sort of trying to limit myself to people who would be about the right age and alive. Oh, see, I went dead on some of mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Since it's a dream cast, I'm like, uh... uh... For Turpin, I can't decide between David Tennant or Anthony Stewart Head. Oh. Oh, I went Gene Wilder. Just imagine how fucked up that would be. But dead. But, but I know... He breaks my rules. Well, okay. <laughs> but that's where, that's where I went with the judge, just because I went living or dead, and I was like, that would kind of like... You talk about casting and kind of mm-hmm. twisting it on its ear. Someone as lovely as Gene Wilder. Okay. <laughs> um, and then my casting for Lucy and Joanna, I think, also requires that we put them in the movie a little bit more. Um, Lucy will be Lisa Bonet. And Joanna will be Zendaya. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like them. I like both of those. I like both of those. Uh, I went a brunette route because I went Adina Menzel. Lisa Benet have a musical background. Am I being completely obtuse here? And I'm not saying that's a, it's a wrong choice. I'm just curious if she'd be able to measure up in the singing department. I think she does, but I might have just made that up because she was at some point connected to Lenny Kravitz. Right. Yeah, she was with Lenny a long time. Um, it says she's just an actress, but I'm going to believe in her ability to become a singer. I, I can. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, no, I went Adina Menzel as Joanna, and then Haley Steinfeld for Lucy. Age is a little weird there. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again. Uh, Adina Menzel for Joanna, and then Haley Steinfeld. So, am I saying her name right? Uh, for Lucy. She's, uh, she's from... Pitch Perfect 2. She's also the girl in True Grit. Are you mixing up Lucy and Joanna? No, no, no. I want Adina as older, as the wife. And Lucy Joanna is not the wife. Joanna is oh, the daughter. Oh, shit. I am mixing them up. That's my fault. Yeah. My fault. <laughs> so anyway, that's who I'm doing. But given the age, I think you could flip those and still be... It would be, in, yeah. ...in the same area of the target. Yeah. I did think either Nathan Lane or Alan Cumming would be fun as Beetle. Yes! Oh my god, Alan Cumming would be so great! I did not cast Beetle because I could not figure it out. I thought he would be fun as Beetle and then uh, Neil Patrick Harris as Pirelli just because he's kind oh, of yes. that age and just that... I also did not get to Pirelli because I was just like, I don't know. 
Well, I was kind of as we were going through this and thinking, I was like, mm. well, and so, like, like again, Sasha Baron Cohen did, did pretty fucking well in that. Well, role. he was yeah. up and for the up until real recently, he was in the running to be Freddie Mercury. Like he was mm-hmm. up until I think he was. I think he was cast, and then there were delays in it. Yeah, and and it just yeah. didn't work. Just yeah. the, so I mean, he yeah. So I had no problem with him. He would have made a fine Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. He looks the part. And then my Sweeney Todd, I, since this was a dream, I, just because I kind of want to see it, I'd like to see Hugh Jackman do it, see what he would do. And no. also, also take her. Now, why are we laying? I just, Is there a reason I, I have to hate Hugh Jackman now? I didn't know. No, okay. he's fine. It's an aesthetic choice, not a... Yeah. I'm tired of seeing him. Yeah. That's okay. just my yeah. deal. <laughs> like, I don't like Wolverine. I'm done with... I didn't like Wolverine when we were still just in comic books. I'm done with Wolverine on TV. And, like, I don't know. Like, he's, he did great in The Greatest Showman. He was fantastic. He killed it. You can tell he's having fun. That's my whole thing is that I know he has fun. I know he'll swing for the fences and he'll give you your money's worth. That's, I think that's part of the thing is, like, you, this movie should not be played straight. Yeah. Like, I think he would, him or, and that's why I said Curry either. If yeah. Like Curry, like, both of them would turn that up to an 11. Yeah. And that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that he, was a lot of my... Wait, Curry is who? Tim yeah. Curry as Sweeney Todd. Like when he was Yes. That's yeah. like complete opposite on the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. A young a young Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah. I am on board. You got Donna excited about that. I did. I mean, Donna's like... It did not seem like a possibility at the beginning of this broadcast. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking young Curry? Because in here, yeah. I, I'm going to... We I'm, know that man's got pipes. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. And legs. Yeah. And legs. <laughs> legs for days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can rock a pair of high heels. He can. There's no reason for him to, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> just, it's a choice, Tim, okay? We made this choice. In 1800 London, you're going to be wearing heels. With the co- with the cobblestone? Yep, with the cobblestone. Oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. Am I dancing? Not really in the cobblestone, but... We just you- need you to waltz every now and then. Done. Debbie? I Well, I'm like, Don, I don't really have an answer for this either because I've only seen it the two times, I think, and I don't feel like I know enough about it to say with confidence who I would get. But you're on board with Tim Curry. I'm on board with Tim Curry. Okay. In any of those roles. Okay. Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) One man show up. Yeah, one man show up. He's got the range for Joanna. But he could make it work, though. He could make it work. We could just drop it down to, say, a mezzo-soprano. I think he could do it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, for Sweeney, my inclination initially was Anthony Stewart Head because he's in the movie already. <laughs> You're paying him. Pay him to do what he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> but another possibility, and time becomes a little bit of a fluctuation there, but Kevin Klein. <gasps> oh! And he can sing. Yes, oh, he yes, can. he can. Yes, yeah. he can. Love it. I, I'm actually kind of intrigued to see if Chenoweth could do it. It'd be, I, it'd it, be experimental. It would be. I, I'm um, but but I think she would have that Lansbury quality where it, it, it's think, wholesome, and to see her go dark would be that much more stark. I think Kat, you cast Kristen Chenoweth, mm-hmm. and you do her up like the 50s house. Like yeah. You have her very Absolutely. proper. Don't yeah. read. Yeah. yeah. And then when she's talking, like, oh, let's, let's kill him. Then it's like, 
And then at some point you have to have a shot of her in her very meticulous gowns. Yeah. Just covered in blood. Right. Uh, yeah. See, I now like she it. has the pie thing, the pie background in Pushing Daisies. <laughs> pie baking. Right. Exactly. Um, for Anthony, I think I would have gone Neil Patrick Harris there, but a little bit younger. He's a little old for the role now. He can still sometimes play pretty young, though. He can. Like, if you watch yeah. Dr. Horrible, which I know came right. out several years ago, he comes off much younger than he definitely is. My only objection to Neil Patrick Harris is I think he was not able to pull off Sweet and Innocent after Doogie Howser. I'm almost saying Doogie Howser era. Okay. Yeah. I, this is dream. Later Doogie. I think... Yeah. I actually think that I would like to see Anthony played with more of a Dr. Horrible vibe to it. Mm. Like a I am idealistic because things are broken and I can fix them. Mm. Like I think I think the problem that you really run into with Anthony in this movie is he seems idealistic, but then he says shit like I'll steal you and that's fucked up. And it's weird. And horrible has that almost same vibe. Exactly. So if yeah. you bring him in feeling more broken, All right. then you can you get a more interesting characterization on Anthony. I want to draw like I want I want like the movie posters of these. It's Rodolfo. Am I saying? Is that the name? Oh, Pirelli. 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 Yeah, uh, Adolfo Pirelli. Nathan Fillion. Oh, yes. yes! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this almost is shaping up to be like the TV live broadcast that we see. <laughs> yeah. with executive produced by Josh Whedon. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset about this. That. Is is uh, Felicia like- Day playing Lucy in your version? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be more behind Amy Acker. I think Amy Acker can do Broken better than Felicia Day can. I think she'd be better as Joanna and Felicia Day would be. Maybe. I don't know. They're both kind of the same age, so it gets weird. But with that role, they're almost interchangeable. I think even in the context of the movie, you could have flipped the casting and things wouldn't have changed all that much. That's true. Who else like casting in this? Toby. Toby. Mm. Toby's hard. I don't think I cast Toby. I just Toby's thought I, Toby. If you did like Third Rock from the Sun era, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, because apparently he can sing. So, but even that—that that, he's too old. You, it, he's the kid who plays Dustin. <laughs> yeah. If he can sing, sure. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Honestly, him. any Stranger Things kid could do this. Yeah. I was saying, yeah, Finn Wolfhard wouldn't be bad, um, just because the name Finn Wolfhard is fun to say, and we want to talk about Finn Wolfhard more. Um, <laughs> I like that one, Donna. Uh, any of the kids in It, if if you could get them to sing, wouldn't be bad either. The one that looks like Fred Savage. Uh, oh, uh, played Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Who's in Shazam? Who's in Shazam? Yes, 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 yes. He, if he sings, great. Who else do I need to fill? Uh, you got Anthony, Toby, Joanna, Lucy, Pirelli, Beetle. Ah, Beetle. I think your choices are better than anything I would, I would come up Turpin. with. Turpin. We need a Turpin. Oh, oh yes. I, I had ideas on Turpin. Turpin, because in, in the Broadway cast recording, he's much older. Like, Rickman has a certain virility to him where, yes, it's creepy what he's doing, but it's not like, oh, God, how's that even going to work? <laughs> Which is, so you have, no disrespect, Curry now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He could, yeah. And if, if Tim Burton has to direct it, and we're going living or dead, Michael Goff. Mm. Mm. 
yeah. would have had the right quality to him that, again, you have this wholesome, and this sort of wholesome idea, but also hammer horror-esque. Well, you've got, Goff is more well-known to most people as Alfred, so right. I think that would... That, that this man is safe. Oh, no, he's not safe. Because, yeah. I mean, it messed me up when we watched Legend of Hell House, and I was like... That's Al- Alfred. Alfred. Alfred is not Alfred. Alfred. Not nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think one of the things that this movie would have benefited from. I think. I think this is the problem with trying to do a straight adaptation of a musical is that like movies just don't have that length for the most part. Not um, anymore. And so, in talking about all of this, I feel like there are a lot of changes that maybe should have been looked at for the adaptation of this. For instance, I was thinking, wouldn't it have been interesting to see some shots of the judge where we actually don't know how bad he is? Like, set it up like, oh, this is my war. Like, see him in the community. Is he loved? Do people think he's good? Hmm. Do people think that him sentencing a child to death is a good thing? Right, the honorable mm-hmm. judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they afraid of him? But that's not something that is covered really in the original musical either. So, but in a movie, I just think there are there are different... There are different notes to hit. Yeah. See. And I think that, honestly, this movie has the time. It's just spending it on things that... Yeah. And I think the idea being, with it being a big budget movie, like you have to fit so many screenings in per month. But I think Endgame blows that theory out of the water. So you could do a three... I don't know if you could do a three-hour musical now and make it commercially viable. But well, we're going to get... It's worth a shot. We're going to see... But um, is it next year? Yeah, it's next year. We've got Spielberg's West Side Story coming. That's true. So we could, in theory... See how that's going to play yeah. out. And the question becomes then, is that movie going to be marketed as a summer, everybody fill the seats kind of movie, or is it a show. winter, we'd like our Oscars now kind of yeah. movie? I think it's going to be a, like, just knowing the feel of West Side Story, mm-hmm. I think they'd have to do it in summer. I think that putting, I, yeah. I think I, putting I, West Side Story out in the winter feels wrong because the movie looks hot. Yes, it does. But it's, it also ha- would have that prestige quality to it where... Sure. Yeah, but also I think that with movies like the Pitch Perfect movies, and we've had The Greatest Showman, like we've got a lot of musicals that are hitting. Yeah, but they play really coy with Greatest Showman up until that last trailer. They, the teaser trailer for it, they're pretty coy about it because you hear no singing, very yeah. minimal dialogue. It's not... It's, marketed as one. It's not marketed as one because when we watched it, the we saw the teaser trailer, we we're like, "You see, this is a musical, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is going to be a musical." Was that a stage play before? It was mm-hmm. a movie. It was just a movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there was a stage play called Barnum that is about essentially the same thing, but not the same material. Yeah, I mean the same material, but told not, completely. Like it's it's about not the same songs. No. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, they were very coy with that one because I think they. I don't recall them being coy with it, but I don't have TV, so I don't see trailers unless I do it on purpose. They were coy on that part. <laughs> they, they were like, maybe it is. That kind of looks like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate all your supports. Uh, you can catch us on social media. We are on Twitter at, at Beyond Cabin. Uh, our Instagram and Facebook is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We also have a webpage, which is beyondthecabininthewoods.com. We do have a Patreon, which you've heard us talk about how we come up with our rule, poll, and quotes. Uh, the Patreon is Beyond the Cabin. And we also are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So check them out. They've got a lot of great shows on there. And give them the, your love and support as well. Can we uh, talk about our new enterprise briefly? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, go for it. If you're in the 918... Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know which one you're talking about. Go for it. <laughs> I knew which one you were talking about. <laughs> There's a new bookstore in town called Phantasmagoria Books and Records that is owned by... Two-fifths? Two-fifths of this podcast. If you check us out on Facebook, we have very good reviews. So come by and see us if you're in uh, the area. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Don't read the Latin. Or shave. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.